The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Let me tell you about who deserves a shot at the United States Heavyweight. Let's hear it. I'm the champion. I ought to know. You know, I've, I've been sizing up guys since I came to the WCW. And I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned a title shot, L. Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler. You're a great technician in the ring, and you're a jam-up guy. Whoa. I don't see any Whoa. reason. Wait a minute. L. Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here. Please. He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but thank goodness sakes, he's 50 pounds. Who are you to, to, to doubt L. Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Well, let's talk about some serious how about, so, how about hypnosis? Let's get thrown Psychosis? Psychosis? Whatever, whatever. He's a great wrestler, you know. Hello. And welcome to episode 218 of the WrestleCast. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by my SmackDown Matters correspondent, Miss Didi Jonet. Hey, happy new year. Happy new year to you too, Didi. How's everything going? Everything is wonderful. Did- my nephews are gone. Um, they're telling me dumb shit like they like Wanda Rousey as a wrestler. It's amazing. Um, Did you stay at home and have your new year's as you planned it? I did stay home. It was it was mildly ruined because the the um the champagne that I was drinking was a little old. So it was a sober new year for me. But you know, maybe that was for the best. Mm-hmm. I had Jameson the next morning anyway. <laughs> yes, brunch is a glorious thing on New Year's Day, right? I had Jameson, I had Prosecco, I had Capriccio or Caprezio, whatever that little hood booger sangria is oh uh, yeah amazing you were catching up from not having the ability the night before i see oh it's great i did way so much <laughs> wonderful though and we're joined by the raw cast broadcast journalist it's none other than magnum prime what's going on g uh, happy new year everybody uh i made it mama <laughs> made it <laughs> Uh, glad to have you on once again here on the WrestleCast, which can be found on the CSPN, which can be found on the web at www.cspn.us. So we have news this week and all elite wrestling was made official on January 1st. Tony Khan, whose family owns the Jacksonville Jaguars, he will be the president of the company. Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks will be the vice presidents. Cody, the Young Bucks, Hangman Page have all signed talent contracts as well. It's rumored, we'll give this information over credit to Sam, that Brett Baker, women's wrestler, Brett Baker, has signed as well. So the rumors are now the truth, and it's a real deal. Uh, undertaking they're going to try to have another all-in they're going to call it double or nothing sometime in may so miss didi jonay i'll start with you cody Hmm. cody and his friends out here taking their hobby and trying to turn it into a legitimate business yeah i will say um i never expected this from stardust Like knock me over with a feather, and you know that's Dusty's baby. So I probably should have known better. But I just, I'm so proud of him because I never expected that he would leave WWE, flourish, and then like go the independent, like legit independent route of like 
creating his own thing. I'm so proud of him and the young bucks too. Yeah. All right. So another hopeful, hopeful fan and yeah, I think everybody's got the same idea, like good for them and hopefully they get a lot of support. So G Money, I'm gonna talk to you about this technical side. You know, it's all about what they can do on the TV. They got the money, so they don't have to worry about the money. So if it takes them a year to catch on, you know what I'm saying? It won't be like, oh, my gosh, they're, they're going to run out of money. So where do you think out here in this market, where could they land on television that could get them enough exposure where they could really get eyes on this and get people interested and, you know, tour and do house shows and pay-per-views and all that type of stuff? Enough exposure. Hmm, that's a good question. I hear I hear Pop has an opening, but I don't. Oh I don't know. If that, I don't think that's exactly what they're what they're looking for. But uh, I mean, actually, it's something that's not on a, a streaming service. Um, I mean, maybe a WGN. Um, uh, let's see. But that Maybe. would be that would be hard though because they have um, ROH, that's Sinclair. They're all under that Sinclair Tribune thing, and they own ROH. So I don't think that would work. In that, it, yeah, that, that might be difficult. But it seems like they're interested in that business. Maybe, maybe I don't know because there's not really an another big network or or big cable channel that I can think of because you have Fox they paid to to pick up SmackDown. Um, ESPN made the move to pick up part of the UFC. Uh, I can't really think of a major player that's not streaming at this time. Unless they could maybe pull some moves like, you know who I could see maybe doing something like this if they had somebody young creative up there like an NBC NBC well but it, it, NBC but, they're tied up with Universal right with right, right. so right. Uh, there, there may be somebody we, we don't realize but man, I'm trying to I can't I can't think of anyone anyone over the top right now um, I know I had mentioned you know Maybe the zone doing something since they were, you know, they paid all that money to Canelo, but you know, that's streaming, right? Like Fight TV, maybe something like that. That's streaming, maybe Fight, but I I think there have been some issues with um, some of the some of the talent in which there were like other sports programming where they hadn't really been getting paid by them. So I, I think there's an issue going on there, allegedly. Um, but yeah, there'll be something. I mean, there's so many sports channels that are coming up, uh, or things that are online, like Stadium. I mean, they cover basketball and football games. They were interested in providing, um, you know, wrestling. Uh, maybe, maybe even try Stadium. All right, all right. So it's going to be interesting what they can do as far as a television deal, and then that's definitely going to get them. Uh, whatever eyes and eyeballs you know they're going to sell a lot of merchandise they're going to have a press conference next tuesday um in jacksonville uh ironically smackdown is in jacksonville so there may be some shenanigans uh later on after that press conference but 
we'll see what comes about um, in the future, but a lot of excitement and a lot of just the unknown right now from these guys, but we'll see what, how it comes together, um, you know, later on this year. So we'll move on to our next bit of news. This is a sad part of the show where unexpectedly mean Gene Oakland passed away at the age of 76 on Wednesday. Um, just of course the, the universal recognized best stick man to ever do it when it comes to wrestling interviews, as far as helping get guys over with their promos. Um, you know, he got a start in the AWA, but I think most people got, you know, their recognition or, or came to know Gene Oakland from his days in the WWF in the eighties and then WCW, uh, in the nineties. So Mr. Magnum prime thought or two about Mr. Mean Gene Oakland, some of his, uh, classic interviews and some of the, you know, just thoughts that you have on him. Mean by God, Gene, that was that was one talented cat. I mean, I probably some of the best stuff he did was with Macho Man because I, it just seemed like they were on they were in sync. I mean, he knew that Macho Man was gonna go insane, and it would seem like he was on cocaine at the time. But Mean Gene would just let him get all riled up. He wrap it up, and they just go on do another segment. It was magic. Uh, probably one of my favorites was with him, Rick Rude, and Bobby the Brain, which was the, the outtake. I think it was from I think it was from a Survivor series or either was from a SummerSlam where the I guess the prop fell down and it scared him. And he just he just cursed. It was out of nowhere. That was one of my, my favorite uh mean gene moments. But the the guy was just super talented. Um, he had an iron liver, although I think he ended up getting a kidney. Uh, he had a, a thousand of uh, corrals and tails with with Ric Flair and some of the other guys, but uh, he was a he was a true talent, and he will be missed. And a Dan Levitard all star, by the way. <laughs> Miss Didi Janet, you want to give us some memories that you have of Mean Gene? I still have very many, but I do remember him on like Saturday mornings. And I remember being really like pissed that he was at WCW because I was like, that's not where he belongs. He belongs back on WWE. And I um I was looking at a clip from I guess when he got inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame where he said, um, when you bury me burn me face down so that all my critics can kiss my ass. And I was like, forever mood. Big mood. <laughs> um, let's see. My favorite Gene Oakland would be the Macho Man where he's uh, doing the cream of the crop and he's pulling out the creamers from everywhere. And he's just kind of standing there like trying to get him through this interview. That's a good one. Uh, the night Ric Flair goes berserk and he's standing in the ring with him trying to hold the microphone when Ric Flair strips down naked on Nitro. But uh, the ones that he he does with uh, Andre the Giant in the AWA, where Andre the Giant just like puts his whole hand over his face and they have like three or four different ones where, you know, they go back and forth. That's really good. So check some of that stuff out on YouTube. Uh, of course, the 
Brasslecast intro features Mean Gene and Bret Hart. Probably the best inter- uh, promo Bret Hart's ever done, and 90% of that's Mean Gene. So definitely be a special tribute this week for him uh, when the intro plays. And our final bit of news, Todd Dillinger. He got into a Twitter beef with Nia Jack over her tweet reminding the WWE Twitter account that women of color accomplished significant things in the WWE this year as well. They put out a tweet, you know, touting the women's evolution and in the four box tweet, hmm, mysteriously, there was no Asuka, Naomi, Sasha, you know, some people who did some significant things, Nia Jax, and she was just like, hey, we were here too. And then he tries to give, you know, Todd Dillinger tries to give a retort and give props to all people, the Iconics. So, Didi Jone, I'll let you have the floor this time so you can make fun of Ty Dillinger. How stupid that was. I was going to give him a lot of fever, but then I realized this is getting him more attention than he's gotten from the WWE in eight months. So, (laughs) no. He's good where he's at in catering. (laughs) Eating up all the cheese. Mm. You know he probably got gas. (laughs) And he looked like he don't brush his tongue. How dare he? <laughs> G-Money, your thoughts on Ty Dillinger trying to break bad with Nia Jax on Twitter? Well, I hope for his bank account that it was maybe something that was worked. Because, uh, you know, you, you can't be messing with The Rock's family, man. It, it doesn't work out well for you. So, um Hopefully that was something that was scripted. If he wants to stay there and, you know, get that money. But that's that's just my opinion. Don't mess up your bag unless you don't want to be there. Well, you know, Jimmy Jacobs, he uh, took a picture with the Young Bucks uh, and posted it when everybody told him not to. So, you know, there's ways to get up out of there if you want to. That might be one of them. That's true. That might be one of them. So we'll shift our focus over to our reviews. Now it's time to talk about Monday Night Raw. It came from Detroit. And we started off hot. Another week where we had a little bit of setup from the announcers telling us what we were going to see. And then we started off with a steel cage match between Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler. Ziggler's trying to escape, but Drew stops that and he hits superplex. Drew fires up and demands that Ziggler get up and fight. Drew Larn dots Ziggler into the cage and then flings him into the cage again. Drew keeps talking shit, but Ziggler hits a zigzag and that gets a two count. We get the Claymore by Drew. Drew backs off. He hits another Claymore and he gets the win. After the match, Dolph is still talking shit, talking about, is that all you got? So Drew pummels him. Then he sets a chair in front of his face. He destroys him with another Claymore. Drew declares himself the king of the raw jungle, that Dolph is nothing. He's pathetic and dead weight and not worthy of his scraps. Drew declares that he will win the Rumble and the Universal title. Drew then returns and hits another Claymore on Dolph Ziggler. So uh, that was a pretty strong showing by Drew McIntyre. Not only did he get the win, but then he got the heat afterwards, too. So, Miss Didi Jeanne, 
Another <laughs> loss for your boy Dolph Ziggler. Yes. It might be over for him. Mm-mm. Never. I don't believe it's ever over for a wrestler. If Brian Kendrick can be back on 205 Live looking like a 12 year old, <laughs> something in the future can happen for Dolph. <laughs> um, what are your feelings about Drew McIntyre? He's very handsome. Okay. Would, would you like to see him naked? The- yes. <laughs> Wait, what? Creep cast. Hello <laughs> to the glow. Would you like to see <laughs> Drew McIntyre or Braun Strowman be the Universal Champion first? Oh, Braun Strowman. Okay. Absolutely. That man deserves. Like I said on Twitter, never forget that he beat everybody's ass in 2008. The only person's ass he didn't beat was Becky's. Okay. <laughs> Everybody else got them hands. He deserves. But after him, sure, Drew, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not interested anymore in, in in people having to wait three or four years to get the title. If you prove yourself within a year and it fits in the storyline or you feel like you can create a storyline where it makes sense, I think that should happen. I feel like Drew should be a champion by the end of 2019. Going into 2020, maybe. I'm not interested in having to wait until 2024 for them to decide Drew McIntyre is a champion. I feel you on that. Yeah. G Money, what'd you feel about this match? Your assessment of the work between Drew and Dolph in this cage match? I thought it was good work considering the 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 constraints that you have with with cage matches. Now you're kind of limited with what you can do. But that that second Claymore, I, I thought Dolph was going into concussion protocol. It, it looked nasty. It looked stiff. So it was it was well executed. But I don't want to see this again. <laughs> I don't. I just keep McIntyre looking strong. There's no need for him to to work with Dolph again. But I I do think there there's a place for for Dolph on the the roster. I, I don't see him in a a major championship push anymore but he, he's definitely a, a serviceable hand but it's it's all about McIntyre I'd like to see him uh, you know spend some time with the with the title um, but I understand you, you gotta give LeBron his shine you know if this is gonna be his time in, in 2019 a limo arrives it's Triple H and it's Shane uh, Triple H looked very disinterested in Shane doing the shuffle around him when they were walking into the building. He had this look about like, man, haven't you grown up already? But Rollins arrives. He plays the crowd. He's not big on resolutions, but he's not going to wait. And he says he has a rematch with Dean Ambrose and he wants to do that tonight. That's when Triple H comes down. Triple H says it's been a while. And he says it's always a chance for a fresh start and that there are no more automatic rematch clauses. Triple H isn't even sure that he deserves it, but he's always supported Rollins. Triple H says Rollins made him believe in him, made him believe he'd be the man because Rollins took everything he wanted. Rollins even beat him and kicked his ass at WrestleMania and made him believe all over again. Where is that guy? Because all he sees is a shell of that guy. Rollins says he's carried the show while Lesnar was off and away. All he did was have great matches with everyone. Even Mojo Raleigh. Damn. 
Mojo called it straight. He wasn't even doing Jeez. nothing. That's rude. What he was Mojo back there in catering. Not even mind his business. <laughs> it's New Year's. You have a lot of straight bullets in New Year's. What do you <laughs> Rollins says he wants to earn it. So does Triple H want the ruthless, want that ruthless ruthless bastard back? And Triple H says yes. Burn it down tonight, starting with Bobby Lashley. Rollins says fine, he'll do it, and then take out anyone in his way, even Brock Lesnar. If Triple H gets in his way, he'll take down the McMahon family. Shane arrives, he tries to calm things down, and says Rollins needs to get ready for his match. Then Shane books a battle royal, and the winner gets a shot at Dean Ambrose in the Intercontinental title tonight. So, it's time for the battle royal. The winner gets the Intercontinental Championship title shot. Our participants are Finn Balor, Zack Ryder, Titus O'Neil, Kurt Hawkins, Kalisto, Lindsay Dorado, Grand Metalik, Mojo Raleigh, Connor, Victor, Bo Dallas, Curtis Axel, Noah Jose, and Baron Corbin, along with our man, uh, G's favorite, Apollo Crews. So we get down to Hawkins, Corbin, and Apollo Crews. Hawkins fights. He tries to eliminate Corbin, but Corbin tosses Hawkins out. Crews counters a choke breaker, and then he eliminates Baron Corbin, and Apollo Crews earns a title shot later tonight against Dean Ambrose. Look at this. Cruz now. Both members of the B team up and over and eliminated. Another incredible power showing by Apollo Cruz. Apollo Cruz is now eliminated. Five people as Connor goes over the top. Connor was doing his best to avoid the super kick and took himself over the top. And now Raleigh eliminated. Apollo now with six eliminations in this battle royal. Cruz is on a roll. But still, a number of men remain. A power display again by Apollo. Tyler Breeze, who had a great match against Dean Ambrose a couple of weeks ago. Would love a rematch here tonight. Would love to earn it. But Apollo now with elimination number seven. Bye-bye, Breeze. And now Corbin just laughing at Kurt Hawkins, who's taking the fight to Baron Corbin. Fired him up. Can you believe Hawkins is in the final three? Nope. Oh! still in this. Take that, haters. Bird Hawkins, Corbin hanging on. Hawkins trying to eliminate Corbin. This would be an upset in its own right. Corbin's in trouble. Hang on, Baron. And Corbin able to transfer his way and Hawkins eliminated. And we are down to two men. Corbin and Cruz and now Apollo Cruz. Try to eliminate Corbin. Does Apollo have enough of the power left? Cruz lands on the apron. Firing back with a right hand. Apollo Cruz now up to the top rope. Corbin back to his feet. Cruz lands on his feet. He rolls through. Uh-oh. Corbin grabs him. And now Baron Corbin looking to deliver a choke slam. Wow. Cruz lands on his feet. Corbin. Not eliminated. Didn't go over the top rope. Oh, and a step up in Zaguri. Caught Corbin in the ear. What? No. Corbin eliminated. Eliminations wins the Apollo Cruz. And the crowd goes wild. 
<laughs> so, G Money, we were talking about Apollo Cruz, about how he could do something. He could be in a little TV program with somebody. They might have been listening. Maybe. I, hey, we need to check, man. They need to, they need to cut us the check. <laughs> Uh, he eliminated the most people in this um, battle royal as well. He looked really strong, so uh, good work getting Apollo Crews over in the battle royal. And the people seem to really be into this, so uh, good job. Dasha interviews Natalia. Natty is asked about her loss to Rousey last week. Natty says she's not sure what 2019 will hold for her and that 2018 was a roller coaster ride. She's entering the Royal Rumble, and that's when Nia Jax arrives. She and Tamina beat down Natalia. Where was Ronda? Oh, too late on the scene, as usual. Cut me my check. Ain't <laughs> that what I asked y'all like a month ago? <laughs> like, this is just like, how you, when is Natalia going to get fed up? Never there. Never there. So this is the D.D. Jeanet appreciation portion of the show where Baron Corbin complains that he should have won the Battle Royal and that he deserves a real fresh start. He deserves a reward. And that's when Elias appears. Yes. Elias says a party is about to begin, but he doesn't invite losers. So Corbin has to go. Elias runs down Corbin's stand as GM, but Elias taught with. He kind of loses points here. Kid Rock. I know. He couldn't say Obi Trice and, and got Raw to come to Detroit. He literally could have said Barry Gordy. Like, <laughs> anybody. <laughs> Elias then bust out an anti-Corbin song. They end up brawling in the entranceway and then into the crowd. Elias takes control when he runs a production box into Corbin and Baron Corbin runs away. <laughs> so, they're trying to keep uh, Elias hot without him having to wrestle, but in different ways. He's still kind of doing some heel stuff because he's talking shit and he attacked this man. That's not very babyface, but <laughs> but you know it works. It was a good segment. Elias is the best. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have a. Six women tag match between Bailey, Ember Moon, and Sasha Banks versus the Riot Squad. Liv tags in as they continue to double team Sasha Banks, pick up near falls. Sasha Banks finally cuts Liv off with a knee strike, but Logan tags in and she headbutts Sasha. It breaks down as Ember Moon hits a suicide dive. Bailey tags herself in. We get a backstabber from Sasha. Then we get the top rope elbow drop from Bailey. And Sasha, Bailey, and Ember Moon are your winners. Yeah. That was a damn good elbow. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Halfway across the ring. She did that. It's just time for, I think, the Riot Squad to to separate and do some singles type stuff and stop having these six women tag matches because they're really... Yeah, wasting Ruby Riot's talent. I don't feel like they need to separate, but I do think that they need to just commit to Liv and Sarah being the tag team of the group. There you go, and her just being the singles competitor. Because six again, we don't have trio championships, so what are we doing with three on three matches? Nothing. 
they're useless. So let's get this tag team shit rolling. And then they can still be who they are without it being a useless match that has no consequences, really. I agree with we'll that. See. Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley. Leo Rush trips up Seth Rollins, leading to a Lashley spine buster for a two count. <clears throat> Rollins fires back and hits the super kick, and he heads up top. DDJ get ready because <gasps> Leo Rush distracts Seth Rollins, and Seth Rollins okay. chases him down and finally takes him out on the floor until Bobby Lashley attacks. Rollins gets a chair, and he lays into Lashley, and he gets disqualified. He said, fuck that match. <laughs> After- Both your asses. After the match, Rollins beats down Lashley and Leo with Leo with the chair, and then he lays out Leo Rush with the blackout. You think this was bad for race relations? Yeah, Seth Rollins really didn't have a good week uh, as far as the relations of uh, the people who were hashtag all about some woke Rollins in 2018 yeah, yeah so um he almost sent um leo rush into a, a break dance and head spin though with that blackout mm-hmm. it was great <laughs> and i don't that was like leo gift. rush but i enjoy watching him get his ass whipped <laughs> uh did you know that he is openly campaigning to dc to be the miles morales live action spider-man yeah Based off his ability to do all that parkour type stuff he does. I mean, I can see them putting him in the CGI for sure. But as little as he looks, he still doesn't look like a teenager. <laughs> but I can definitely see him being in the CGI character. Like how that one guy is um all of the CGI characters. Like he was Gollum and the other one and he was Caesar. That guy, he could be that like a black version of that guy. hmm There's something out there for him in the movies. Diversity. Yeah. They always need black stunt people. Right. Did you know that? They don't have enough, so they just dock in white people up. Uh, yeah, I That's believe true. it. So yeah, there's definitely room in space. Rhino and Heath Slater, they're back together and they're going up against Jinder Mahal and the Sings in a handicap match. Rhino runs wild on the Sings. He belly to bellies both at the same time. Jinder Mahal, he runs in, he comes in and he runs into a spine buster. Get ready, Didi, because the Sings distract Rhino and Mahal hits the Coloss and Jinder Mahal and the Sing brothers get the win. Um, even though they remember when, oh, sorry, go ahead. remember when we really liked Jinder Mahal because he made all the whites mad. Mm-hmm. Good times. Good mm-hmm. times. Where was that at? What show was that on? Was that SmackDown? That was SmackDown. <laughs> no wonder he's horrible on Raw. <laughs> I don't know what y'all do with y'all three hours. So, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, they will defend against the Revival next week. So, I guess Seth can't get his automatic rematch, but they get an automatic rematch based on the, you know, wrong man getting pinned. So Logic doesn't matter. I guess so. I guess so. Maybe if you're the champion and you lose the title, you will not be granted that automatic rematch so quickly anymore. Hmm. 
It's time for the Intercontinental Championship match between Dean Ambrose and Apollo Crews. Ambrose rakes the eyes, but Apollo fights through and hits the Apollo bomb for a two count. The tope follows and back in. Apollo heads up top, but he misses the frog splash. We get a dirty deed from uh, Dean Ambrose, and that finishes off Apollo Crews and the champ retains. So, G Money, what'd you feel about Apollo Crews' showing against Dean Ambrose and, uh, you know, biggest match that he's had probably in 2018 or in this case, hey, he, 2019? He, <laughs> he, he got some, some serious quality television time, which is all, always a good thing. So, you know, hopefully this will give him a chance. Like, hey, you know, this guy, he doesn't just hang around backstage. You know, maybe we could do something with him. And at the same time, you give someone who isn't Seth Rollins or Ambrose to work with. So it works out for both parties and the audience at home. What do you know? Only thing that always strikes me when I watch a Dean Ambrose match and it's really been happening especially since he came back nobody is into it the crowd is not really into it at home you're not really into it he doesn't really do anything to make you get into his matches his his bills are way more exciting than his matches are his promos and, and the things he does leading up into his big matches really give you more than his matches do. So that's what I noticed that Apollo Cruz is doing all this cool stuff, hitting all these big moves, but nobody was into it. And, and you know, I think that's largely because of, of Dean Ambrose. So, well, what, what does he do that normally sets the crowd on fire? That involves wrestling skill. Oops. Just to be honest. Right. I mean, that's a, that, that's a true assessment. I mean, I'm not arguing with you. I, I'm just noticing that that is becoming more noticeable to me than it ever has that, you know, he doesn't really get the crowd excited with the product with in the ring. Set? Right. Hmm. Right. Maybe this is what Didi Jonet has seen for so long that I just I'm just getting a clearer picture on now. Y'all got distracted by them U-turn clotheslines, and I tried to tell y'all <laughs> two years ago. Hey, sometimes you just need you know five or seven moves of doom, or even four. Listen. But you, you can get over on the mic. That's all you need. You know, you can you can take it to the bank. So hey, get the money. I ain't asked if if people like it. I was gonna say I love it, but I let you have it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see it. Speaking of getting over on the mic, Alexa mm. Bliss announces a moment of bliss. Her new right. talk show next week, and Ronda Rousey will be her guest. I've never looked forward to anything more. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait, truly. I mean, you were waiting for that 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 Bevo and that Ugger moment that we had. Oh no! She is week going to read one. that child. Oh my God! Rhonda might really leave her feelings hurt. It's gonna be great. Main event time. Oh, excuse me, Dee. Go ahead. I was gonna say maybe this be like Alexis Lee being like, actually, I'm off of hiatus. I can whoop that. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fun. 
Yeah, there could be a lot of things up up uh, Alexa's sleeve. You never know with her. Made the hell out of her, and then like I don't know, clothesline her out of nowhere or something. That'd be fun. And if I'm right, I want money. Thank you, WWE. Run me. My cash app is Janae. J O N E E. You heard it here, folks. So, Ronda Rousey and Natalia versus Nia Jackson Tamina will be our main event tonight. Tamina misses a headbutt. Then Rousey looks for an arm bar, but Nia Jax hits the big leg drop. It breaks down, and Tamina covers Ronda Rousey for a two count. Tamina heads up top, but Ronda Rousey counters the big superfly splash. She arm bars Tamina, and Ronda Rousey and Natalia get the win. Tag made, here comes Tamina. Tag to Natalia as well. And Tamina got caught by a shoulder. Now Natalia with a drop kick. Natalia taking no prisoners here tonight after an impressive performance against Ronda for the women's championship last week. Covered by Natalia and a kick out by Tamina. Tamina and Nia Jax collectively have had minimal offense in this matchup. i got to be honest with you, I'm a little bit surprised at how dominant Natalia and Ronda have been. You know, I'm actually not. I feel like this is what we've needed to see from these two women. We know that Natty is the best of the best. We've known that forever. But we don't get to see this spark in her that often. She needs it. Well, I think it's the friendship between Ronda and Natalia bringing out the best in one another. Cover by Natalia again and a kick out. Certainly, you test your medal against Ronda Rousey one week and then you get pushed around the back the next. Looking for the sharpshooter. Tamina tries to make it to the ropes to force a break. And Nia going to drag her friend out of the ring to regroup. And Natalia with a baseball slide. Tag. Here comes Rousey. Ronda up to the top rope. Taking out Tamina and Nia. Ronda and Natalia on fire. Tamina now tasked with solving the women's champion. Big time headbutt. Fells Rousey. Oh, oh, missed. Tamina once again looking for the headbutt. Rousey from behind. Looking for the armbar. Tamina trying to block. Trying to block. Ronda Rousey trying to lock it in. Tamina doing a decent job at this juncture. Trying to block it. Nia Jax. Oh! And a leg drop. Breaks up the hole. And now Natalia into the ring. Oh! Natalia takes down oh. Nia. Super kick from Tamina. And you talk about that X factor of Tamina, it's coming to play right now. Cover to pin the women's champion, almost at her, two and a half. Look at disbelief on the face of Tamina. Ronda Rousey will not be stopped. What is it going to take to keep the champion down? I know what Tamina's thinking here. Ronda Rousey's in the drop zone. Tamina going to head up to the top rope. And look for the superfly splash from the top rope. Ronda. Rousey got the feet up. Butch got the arm. And now center of the ring. Arm ball. Top out. Here are your winners. Natalia and the Raw Women's Champion, Ronda Rousey. How you miss a headbutt? 
<laughs> that was my one thing when I was watching this match because I watched it on Tuesday, so I watched Raw on Tuesday. Mm. I'm looking at this match and I'm going, "Come on, Tamina! God damn, don't let her just rag doll you." <laughs> that was my exact <laughs> sentiment. I'm beginning to feel like Tamina don't really want to be a wrestler. I think, I think she's just like, yeah, sure. Cause it's like I wouldn't let nobody do me dirty like that. If I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna lose nice. Great. But she always loses, and she always all of her matches just seem embarrassing. But there's always some random embarrassing ass moment in her matches. Ugh. I definitely want better for Tamina. Is it because of her day? I don't know. I don't know. I just I'm just always thinking that she could be like such a standout, especially with this tag team division thing coming up. You know, her and Nia could definitely be like the second team to win the titles. Realistically, they should be. Realistically, they should always be a threat. And yet, I've never felt threatened by Tamina. Right. Ever. Right. G-Money, what did you feel about Ronda Rousey in this match? Her skills? She this time she uh increased the uh ante and she hit the crossbody on both Tamina and Nia on the outside. I was surprised on pre TV at that. Like you, you wanna you gotta be like Tina, save that for the pay per view. Okay. Just in case something <laughs> goes wrong. At least you <laughs> at least you got hurt on a pay per view. But yeah, she she continues to to improve. You know, that's that's definitely what you want um, if you're going to take the time to invest in her in her matches. So um, hopefully she she continues to work on her in ring as well as the the, the mic stuff. So, Miss Didi Janae, I'll turn to you first. Yes. Out of five, what is your rating for this week's Monday Night Raw? <laughs> Two point seven five eight. All right, Magnum Prime, your rating, sir. I'll give it a two. All right, I'll give it a three. I'll be a little bit more generous. I didn't think it dragged as much as the other shows have. I really like the Elias part in the middle. That seemed to like freshen things up a little bit. A little bit more backstage stuff might help out sometimes, but uh, seems like they're trying to give you more matches too. So. It is a little different in some spots, and then it seems to be the same in some others. But for the most part, I enjoyed this episode. It was pretty good. So I'm going to turn it over at this point to Miss Didi Jonet so she can talk about SmackDown coming from Pittsburgh. Hi, guys. Well, like Don said, Smacky Downey was in the home of Mel. They were in Pittsburgh. The only good thing in Pittsburgh was the WWE and Mel. But it's Tuesday. We're ringing in the new year. Kofi and Xavier are dressed in suits. Big E is dressed like the New Year's baby. They're excited. They welcome us to the show. We won't talk about how they've basically been, you know, the hostess with the mostest anytime WWE needs that. You know, so... You know, second career. I see it coming. They say they have a point, an important announcement that they are all going to be in the Rumble match. 
Biggie tries to do some Steiner match but gets called out for it. They even bury Brock Lesnar for not showing up to work, which facts are facts. They say their New Year's resolution, due to doctor's orders, is no more pancakes. No. Biggie sneaks pancakes out of his diaper because that's disgusting and eats them. Kofi jokes about buying a new car and recites the plot to Bumblebee, uh, John Cena's movie, while Woods recites the plot to Bird Box. <laughs> Biggie hypes the Fatal Five Way main event, and we head to the first match, which is Joe of the Samoas versus Jeff Hardy. I still haven't seen Bird Box, I but I heard it. people are. I heard people are like walking in the walls because they're walking around blindfolded. <laughs> I saw like five minutes of uh-huh. it and was like, hmm, I don't know if I have two and a half hours to invest in this. So I still have two and a half hours yet. on? Like 215, something like that. You lie. Yeah. Nah, I don't know if I want to do that. You heard about Jake? the premise? The what? You heard about the premise of it, the plot? You, you heard with, like what it's about? Uh, like if you see something, your greatest fear like comes and kills you or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah, potentially. So like if I do that, then like Randy Orton is right there. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Samoa Joe and Jeff. Uh, the winner gets the final spot in that five way. So apparently we already know the four, although I don't know the four. So the winner will be number five. Uh, Jeff connects with a twist of fate, then he goes up top, and the Swanton connects. But Samoa Joe rolls to the floor. He drags Jeff to the floor, chokes him out, and Joe rolls back in to stop the count. Jeff makes it back in. The choke gets applied again. And Jeff is done. So Samoa of the Joes will be in your main event tonight. There's footage of AJ knocking Vince out on his ass last week. Vince and Shane meet backstage discussing the main event. AJ arrives and says maybe he should apologize, but he won't. Since Vince made him mad. Big facts. Shane bows up to Styles, or bows up to Styles, but Vince holds him back, and Vince says he wants to see the real AJ Styles tonight. Basically, Vince ain't mad that he got his ass whipped, because that's what he wanted, because he wanted the bash. You get me. I do. Yeah. So, do you know what today is? <laughs> it's what every day is. Mm-hmm. Rusev and that day. Is, there you go. And because it is Rusev Day, they are having a WWE United States Championship celebration. They make their way to the ring. He says it is the greatest Rusev Day of all Rusev Days. He says he takes pride in the U.S. title. His reign will be long and luscious like his beard. And he will defend against anyone. Rusev Day, U.S. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. He said something about, like, his his title reign will be delicious, like bacon-flavored cinnamon buns. The man's well, that probably genius. is good. Yes. Well, that probably is delicious. Right? Have you had a have you had a bacon top donut? Yes. Yes, I have. Oh my god. Oh my god. My coworker, the one who loves me, she got me one a few weeks ago before I was on fake ass keto. And there was so much bacon on it that the bacon had like fallen off on the side. So it was just in the bag. You know, like them straight fries be in the bag from McDonald's. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, it was amazing. But I can't eat donuts anymore. (laughs) (laughs) We're having a good moment here. Hurtful. Okay, Nakamura attacks and lays out Rusev and then beats him down and Solana tries to make the save. Rusev hits a machka kick, but Nakamura lands. He didn't, but Nakamura acted like he landed on Lana. 
Lana fell and I'm Nakamura just, fell and they didn't fall on each other. I'm but, just glad that Lana didn't stand there like Carmella did when our truth was getting his ass beat just screaming. Listen, Lana said that's my husband. Hey, well, we didn't get put together because y'all like us in the back. She's like, that's my man. We got to go home to Nashville together. You are going to get these hands. Or we're going to get these hands together. But anyway, Nakamura attacks as Rusev checks on his wife. And Nakamura lays out Rusev with the Kinshasa. Nakamura stands tall over the husband and wife team. <laughs> that's great. Uh, next, Sonya Deville versus Naomi. It was supposed to be Mandy versus Naomi, but we all know Mandy can't wrestle. She dances around wearing a Uso shirt to piss off Naomi, and I know this is a part of a script, but I don't think she should be playing like that. Naomi fights back, has a disaster kick, and Mandy gets on the mic and distracts her by talking about her husband. Mandy sent Jimmy a pic of her in just a towel. Sonya attacks while she's distracted and picks up the win. I'm not convinced that Naomi's not going to whip her ass in real life. I'm just saying. <laughs> she's going to catch her coming out of uh, the rental car place one like, day. I could just see her saying, bitch, that wasn't in the script. You didn't have to, you didn't have to go that bridge too far. <laughs> Jimmy, um, you better not be saving this shit in your phone, bro. Yeah, I kind of wish the Samoan girls were on the show just so they could be like, Hello, Mandy. <laughs> what are you doing with my cousin? <laughs> like, what you think this is? Um, somebody's favorite John Cena came back, looking like every politician out of Boston ever. He jokes about the mixed reaction. He says he's glad to be back in field and energy. He jokes about his WrestleMania match, his life playing out in the public eye, and living in China for six months, and coming back with bad hair. Why is he back? And why is he back right now? I don't know. And apparently he don't know either. But he knows some man will be trying to sell him he's broken down and a part-timer. Oh, I see what he did there. Guess who comes out? Becky Lynch. So then she asks him, how does it feel to be in the ring with the man? She says it's not that simple to pop back in because she was aiming for him in 2018 as well. Cena was WWE, but it's time for someone else to step in and take over, and that is her. And she said, if John Cena has a problem with it, Nikki won't be the only woman to drop him this year. Bitch, spit that hot fucking fire. Yes, Becky. You know what? Yes, Becky. You know what they're doing right now, which is really smart? Mm. They're not putting Daniel Bryan and Becky Lynch on the shows together. They're like mm. alternating them. So oh. one week you get so like everybody was complaining last week. Oh, they don't have Becky on the show. What's what why the fuck they don't have Becky on the show? But they got a lot of Daniel Bryan. This week you don't have hardly any Daniel Bryan, but you get this spectacular spot from Becky. If you use them like that, it'll they'll always be fresh. They'll never burn out, and the promos will always be fire because they'll always be fresh. Oh, I like what you're. I like what you're doing. Um, out of nowhere, Cian Amos and Zelina Vega show up. She runs them down, calling them former champions and old news. She said the McMahon's promised the WWE a fresh start, but all she is seeing in a, is an old face, facts, and a broken face in the ring. So I appreciate Zelina coming with the hot fire as well. So Cena challenges them to a match because he wants to know what it's like to be in the ring. 
with the man. And I was feeling like, who are you to say anything for me? What what if I don't want to do a match right now? But you don't do see, that's why I don't like John Cena. He just does shit. People just let him because he's John Cena. I don't like it. But anyway, match happens right now. Uh, they, there's a tag to Lynch. She runs wild on Zelina, hits the exploder. He heads up top and hits a missile drop kick for two. CN makes the save. Cena attacks, runs through the five moves. Becky is not impressed. And tosses John Cena to the floor. <laughs> uh, how much, how loud did you cackle? How long did you laugh? Ooh, Becky is my kind of person. Like, I've never seen somebody less impressed with John Cena, and that makes me giggle to my core. How you saw your partner out the room? <laughs> it gags me every time. Anyway, so she Becky she armbars Vega, and that's that. Post match, Cena offers a handshake, and to put the icing on the cake, Becky Lynch gives him the "You can't see me." Who better to make a name at their expense than John Cena? Almost in one night, totally changed the complexion of his career. Think about this fact, too. That motivates John Cena. Knowing you have a a young superstar like Andrade who wants to make his name at his expense. That's going to fire up Cena in this match. It's going to fire up his competitive. Oh, Oh, and the official was dealing with Almas and Vega. A kick right to the face of Cena. The man doing what she does best, flapping her gums on the outside, trying to incite Almas. Uh, look at the power of John Cena. That is one thing that never goes away. Cena with the suplex. And now Cena has an opportunity, but can he get to his corner? Can he make a tag to Becky Lynch? And Cena's got to get his bearings. Cena's got to figure out where he's at. Wait a minute. Oh, and almost tracked down Cena. Here's a cover. Shoulders down and a kick out. What? Explorer to Vega. And now it's Lynch who's thinking about going up to the top. A very one-sided situation once Becky's tagged in. Oh, the drop kick. Puts down Vega, scrambles for a cover, hook to the leg, and Vega kicks out of two. Becky Lynch has been absolutely dominant since John Cena made the tag. Uh-oh, I have a feeling Zelina's about to lose her arm. Oh, looking for the disarm her and almost saving Vega. Oh, and Cena! Cena! Shoulder tackles and now plants almost center of the ring. <laughs> Here we go. Shuffle! And now Cena! Attitude adjustment! Oh wait, Graves! The lightning fist! (laughs) What on earth is she thinking? Wait a minute, Vega! Vega, cover! Oh no, 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 no! Oh, and now Lynch! Lynch with the disarmor! Vega taps out to Becky Lynch! By submission, John Cena and Becky Lynch. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure I'm surprised about what we just saw. Becky Lynch said at the beginning of this match that she wanted to take the place of John Cena. 
And listen. Listen, Linda. Stamp. She's my fave of 2019 as well. <laughs> yeah, Becky is just springboarding into being so over each and every time they have her do something. It's like, I remember when Shadow was over. I remember when Sasha was over. I remember when Nebe was over. I remember when Oscar was over. It was nothing like this. She, like, they were nothing like this. They Nobody is as committed to the character of a badass and doing it correctly. Oh, my God. Like, Charlotte is really good at bitchy, but she's not as good as bitchy as Becky is at badass. Like, right. Becky's on a whole other level. Oh, my God. Becky, I'm telling you, Becky Lynch is about to take women's wrestling into the mainest of streams that it's ever been. I, I can't, but I can, and I'm so happy. As long as they don't dye her hair blonde, because you know how they are. All of a sudden, they'll give her a makeover, and she out here looking like Trish Stratus and shit. Oh, no. I hope not. No. I want her to be my ginger badass. For, oh, my God. I live. <laughs> and then she walks around with her chin up in the air. Oh, yes. You let them have. Okay. So, anyway. That was enough. Anyway, Miz meets with Shane. Miz thanks Shane for giving him a chance. He says he's there to discuss wardrobe and has designed mock-ups to show Shane. And Shane leaves because he ain't got time for the dumb shit. Uh, Triple A. These, these mock-ups even had Shane with the Jordans on. See, but he's thorough. <laughs> the Miz is thorough. Um, Triple H meets with Asuka, his, his daughter. He wants to know who she wants to defend against. She says, anyone. Because nobody's ready for her. Charlotte arrives and says she should get the chance. Carmella arrives and says, no, me. Becky arrives and she's like, I'm the man. So Triple H is like, okay, I'll consider all your requests. So it'll probably be like a triple threat or a quad match. You know how they are. Whatever. So your uh, main event of Xenox is AJ versus Rey Mysterio versus Randy Orton versus Samoa Joe versus Mustafa Ali. Speaking of Mustafa Ali, he misses on his imploding 450. Then Joe locks on the Kakina clutch, or one of them chokes, and Ray breaks it up with a 619. Then he gives a 619 to Ali, but Orton takes out Ray. There's an RKO on Mustafa, but Ray flies in with a leg drop to make the save. There's a 619 on Orton, and then AJ hits the springboard 450 and pins Orton as Ray and Joe battle on the floor. Boot right on the shoulder, and now Mysterio from the second rope. Mysterio, oh, sends Styles to the outside hard. This is a situation of a rising tide raises all ships. That's the case in competition here at WWE. Power slam. Orton from out of nowhere. Oh, with a drop kick, creates a little separation. Now Samoa Joe scrambles in. Oh, wow. Overhead, belly to belly. And now it's Joe and Styles inside the ring. Oh! Joe would love to vanquish AJ Styles to punch his ticket to the Royal Rumble. Oh! Reverse DDT. Here's the cover for the title opportunity and a kick out. What I love about Ali is that you see no intimidation. Oh! Big right from Styles. Uh Uh-oh. Down goes Ali. Wait wait a minute. Oh, it's Orton who's picking up the heels there. Oh! Samoa Joe wipes out AJ Styles. Look out. Oh, back first.
burst into the apron. Uh-oh, uh-oh, watch out, watch out. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Through the table. Samoa Joe like a man possessed. Samoa Joe smashing Styles through the table. It's every man for himself. Look at this. Oh, look out, look out, look out. Oh, and he took out Joe. Hey, wait a minute. Oh, it's eating Senton from Mysterio. Welcome to the big leagues, kid. And Orton rips Mysterio off the apron. Prime opportunity for the Apex Predator. Experience and wherewithal from the Viper. Ali is in danger. RKO! That is it. Get ready, Daniel Bryan. You've got a Viper coming your way. Whoa! Mysterio from out of nowhere. Unbelievable. Mysterio came from the ceiling. Right to the side of the face. Mysterio keeping this match alive. Mysterio going to dial it up again. Oh, no. Joe's got Mysterio. Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe. Sit down by Mysterio. Styles. Styles. 450. Cover. Styles is going to the rumble. Styles gets Brian. Here is your winner. So after all this, Mayj is the winner. Oh, isn't it shocking? That's how SmackDown ends. That was a hell of a match, though. Yeah, because it's SmackDown. Which <laughs> they got Mustafa Ali out there in the mix, doing his thing <laughs> with the big dogs. Rey Mysterio looking better than ever, and then you know your 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 nemesis, all lives out there just being in the way. Just all in the way. Samoa Joe putting through people people through tables and stuff. So good stuff. I liked it. Mm-hmm. So your rating of SmackDown this week? Three and a uh, three point eight. Okay. That might be high. Maybe three point four. All right. I was gonna go three and a half. Yeah. Yeah, three point is too high. The Becky what they say in my review, you need room to grow. <laughs> the Becky Lynch stuff was real strong. The main event was real strong. Uh, oh, let's talk about this. Mm. How do you feel about Big E mm. coming out as Baby New Year? I'm okay with making Big E. I'm not okay with him eating pancakes out of his damn doctor. <laughs> like, you want to walk around looking like a big baby. That's your business. There are people who are into that, but like, was there like a extra compartment in the diaper? Like, where did you get the pancake from specifically? That is where I have to worry. <laughs> Hopefully he had it in like a Ziploc bag. Yeah. Like, the, eh, men don't think things through like that, though, so I don't know. Like, that <laughs> makes me worry. <laughs> But just the fact that you want to go out and, you know, some some nothingness on New Year's. I mean, have at it. Do you, boo-boo. But the pancake. Gross. Head over to CSPN.us 
Click on the banner that says keep our podcast free and support the show sponsors. Every time that you support one of our sponsors, they give some of their your purchase back to us and it helps keep the podcast free each and every week right here on the network. So we can continue to bring you this great commentary with color each and every week. So again, CSPN.us, click on the keep on your keep our podcast free tab at the top of the page and support our sponsors. NXT time. Uh, this was like a year in review show. So we're looking back at some of the best moments of NXT in 2018. And man, there were a lot of great ones. Our first look back is at the NXT North American title ladder match where uh, the winner and the first NXT North American champion was Adam Cole. Then we look at look back at TakeOver Brooklyn where Ricochet beat Adam Cole for the North American championship. Then we have our first um, year in uh, candidate awards. So, we have the breakout superstar of the year candidates, and they are Ricochet, Dakota Kai, Laura Sullivan, Rhea Ripley, the War Raiders, Lacey Evans, and Bianca Belair. Uh, the winners of these awards will be announced on the pre-show during TakeOver on the 26th of this month. So then we get into a very special video package of the Johnny Gargano versus Tomasa Ciampa match from TakeOver New Orleans. Uh, they included the video packets hyping the rivalry. Then they gave us one recapping the match itself. Then that gets followed by clips of Ciampa winning the rematch in Chicago. <laughs> then the focus turns to the NXT title. We see footage of Aleister Black winning the title from uh, CN Almas at TakeOver New Orleans. Then that takes us to July 25th, where Tommaso Ciampa beats Aleister Black to become the NXT champion. Then the sneak attack on Aleister Black two weeks later in the Full Sail parking lot is touched upon. And then the mystery surrounding it all is the next video package. And of course, that takes us to TakeOver War Games 2. Now it's time to look at the candidates for the Tag Team of the Year. We have Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan, The Street Profits, Heavy Machinery, Mustache Mountain, War Raiders, The Undisputed Era. And of course, The Undisputed Era should win that in a landslide. Uh, we get a look at The Undisputed Era versus uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny uh, Oni. Lorcan and Danny Burch from Chicago. Excuse me. Uh, then we get the rivalry of the year nominees. Andre San Almas versus Johnny Gargano. Ember Moon versus Shayna Baszler. Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa. Undisputed Era versus Mustache Mountain. Ricochet versus Velveteen Dream. Aleister Black, Nikki Cross, Gargano and Ciampa. Kari Sane versus Shayna Baszler. Then we have our future star of the year nominees. Matt Riddle. Mia Yim, Keith Lee, The Forgotten Sons, Candice LeRae, Marina Shavir, and Jasmine Duke, Kona Reeves, Dominic Dijak, and Io Shirai. Ahead of Bianca Belair's NXT title match at TakeOver, we get a look at her first big-time match competing in front of a big crowd where she faced and beat Deanna Perrazzo in Brooklyn. And then we take a look back at Johnny Gargano versus Aleister Black from War Games 2. We also see how Gargano beat Black in the steel cage match two weeks ago with help from Tommaso Ciampa. Then we get some footage from after the match where Gargano was asked if he was back with Tommaso Ciampa. Gargano calls himself a nice guy and winning the match and exalting Aleister Black of his sins. When asked if working with Ciampa was the plan, he says the only plan was to beat Black in a cage. He remains the hero at the end of this story. 
Now it's time for the male superstar of the year nominees. Adam Cole, Baby, Pete Dunn, Cian Almas, Ricochet, Velveteen Dream, Johnny Gargano, Aleister Black, Tommaso Ciampa. So, Miss Didi Jone, I'll, I'll ask you your thoughts. Because sure. you, you're familiar with all of those gentlemen. I am. Who do you think will be the NXT male superstar of the year? Who would you vote uh, for? Well, I would vote for either Ricochet or Tommaso Ciampa. Ciampa because who doesn't love a bad guy? What? The fuck? And also, I saw the him and Ricochet and Adam Cole. I saw them at the TakeOver um, before SummerSlam, and their matches were ridiculous. I came in, everybody remembers, I came in late. So I came in during Adam Cole's match with Ricochet. And when I tell you that big-ass building was shaking with everybody being so hyped up from that match, like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And Ciampa, when he won that match at TakeOver, Everybody was shook. I think there were like seven other people who were happy in the whole building. Like when you can get that kind of reaction from people, how are you not the superstar of the year? All right. So you heard it from Didi Jeunet. So then we have the female superstar of the year nominees, and they are Ember Moon, Nikki Cross, Kari Sane, Bianca Belair, and Shayna Baszler. Mm. You wanna you wanna weigh in on this one or your pass? I'm the kind of person where um, if you're not here, you don't get awards. So Ember can't win. Um, I'm certainly not giving one to MMA, bitch. So she's out of the way. Um, Binky, I love Bianca. But what's my other girl's name? Kari Sane. I love her, too. She's my favorite. She's actually my favorite. And that's only because I haven't seen as many Bianca matches. So I would... My vote would be for Kyrie. Right, right. Like being like Kyrie's matches are dope, but her interviews are still kind of rough. Just I'm you know, sure language barrier. Yeah. And yeah. like Bianca's the opposite. Like her interviews are fucking fire, and still she's still you know getting her matches together. But you can see the talent. Bianca Belair yeah. is going to be the women's champion for a long time when she becomes on the main roster. Yay. She deserves. Oh, yes, she does. Shout out to Mark Henry for being the person that found her. He did? Yeah. Yeah. Cassius Ono versus Matt Riddle, y'all. We actually got a match. Um, This is a rematch from their takeover match in which uh, Matt Riddle won in like six seconds. So... Matt Riddle greets Cassius Ono with a series of kicks. Ono catches one, then he levels Riddle, and he gets a two-count on a Cyclone kick. Ono steps on him, but Riddle fires up, and they trade strikes. Ono stops him with a running boot and a senton splash. Riddle catches the next senton into a grapple with elbows. Riddle slaps on the bro mission, and Ono taps after chops to the chest. Post-match, Riddle wants a fist bump, but Ono declines. Ono returns to the ring to bro no chance. Ono gets down on one knee and offers to fist bump. Riddle agrees, only for Ono to grab Riddle's arm and throw him into the ring post. Ono throws Riddle into the ring post and the still steps, and then Ono yells, You know what I've done, bro? As he knocks Riddle out with the forearm. Ono then gives Riddle a fist bump as he lays in pain. Mm. 
And that is how your NXT ended for this week. So, Didi Janet, before we leave this week, I've got one more thing I'd like to do. And that's talk about this event that's about to happen in a few hours as we record here on Thursday (laughs) evening. This little thing known as Wrestle Kingdom 13. That'll be taking place in the Tokyo Dome January 4th. That's this Friday when this show airs. So most of the time, by every by the time most people hear this, the show may be over and there will be spoilers everywhere and I will be trying to avoid them. But <laughs> here is the card on their pre-show. They're going to have a never open weight six man tag team championship number one contenders gauntlet match. And then the curtain jerker for Wrestle Kingdom 13. Kota Abushi will be defending his never open weight championship against Will Ospreay. Now, these two are going to put on a match that may be the best match of the whole night of this whole card. And that's going to say a lot with the people that have one here. And they're basically the curtain jerker for this card. This is that match, the match is going to be so good. So we got a three way for the IWGP junior tag team championships as Bushi and Singa, uh, Shingo representing Los Ingobernables. And they go, they're going up against Sho and Yo, Rapungi 3K, and Desperado and Kanamaro. Then we've got Ishii versus Zack Sabre Jr. for the Rev Pro British Heavyweight Championship. Then we have a three-way for the IWGP Tag Team Heavyweight Titles as the Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatanga and Tangaloa, defend against Evil and Sonata and the Yum Bucks. Cody Rhodes will defend his IWGP United States Championship against Juice Robinson. And Kishida will defend his IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship against Taiji Ishimori. Now we're coming into the main three matches of this card as Switchblade Jay White will be taking on Okada and Chris Jericho will be defending his IWGP Intercontinental Championship against Naito and our main event Hiroshi Tanahashi will be trying to capture the IWGP Heavyweight Championship from the champion Kenny Omega. So, if you're going to be watching this at any point this weekend, be sure to use the hashtag cast a strong style. This is going to be an awesome, awesome, awesome card. It's probably going to produce at least one to two candidates for match of the year. And we're only four days into the year. So, can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. New Year's Dash on Saturday is going to be good. That's traditionally... um, an event where something major happens. So be sure to tune into that as well. If you're new to pan wrestling fans, again, if you don't uh, subscribe to cast of strong style, subscribe to cast of strong style. That is our new Japan only podcast where we just talk about new Japan wrestling, me and Anwar Starwin. So we have a preview up where we go in depth into these matches over there on that podcast. So please check that out. If you haven't, and uh, if you're looking to get into New Japan, this is a good time to do it. Beginning of the year, everything kind of starts fresh. You can pick up the storylines uh, brand new. So 
I would suggest everybody get into this. You're going to see a lot of gifts from a lot of these matches over the next uh, three or four days. So get into it. So Miss Didi Jonay at this time, unless you want to give me an impact report or uh, this week in history, you can give me your shout outs and thank yous. I would love to give you an impact report, but like I told you, I don't know them motherfuckers. <laughs> like, how I, I saw the match. They won. He was in a match with Rich Homie Swan and against OVO, which was Ohio versus everybody. And they won. Then after the match, the Matt got his ass put through a table. And Rich Homie Swan came into the ring and was like, no, don't hurt my friend no more. And then the one guy, I don't remember his name, actually backed away and didn't hurt him no more. And then the announcer was like, oh, never seen that, where he could have beat somebody's ass and chose not to. That's different. I wonder why. So that's all I saw from somebody that I know. Um, oh, let me not lie. Allie and the Ronald McDonald girl, Kara Hogan. Yeah, they had a match. Uh, Kara got her ass up. And then the little evil doll looking lady, she came out. Then they double teamed her. And then Jordan, I believe her name is Jordan. She came out to make the save, put the double knees to the back of um, Allie's neck. It looked like it hurt. It was great. Um, and then a whole bunch of other cool shit happened. But like I told you, I don't know those people. So that's all I can give you. But like I told you earlier, I have the bone to pick with you. You didn't tell me I should be watching um, NXT UK. Well, full disclosure, Miss Didi Jeanet, there's not enough hours in the day for your boy to keep up with everything that goes on. I don't watch that show, so I, I, I know some of the players, and I think I know exactly who you're going to mention. Who? Since I think I know your type, I think mm-hmm. you're going to, um, it's one of the coffee boys. It sure is. I don't know which one. The but, grown one. Uh, oh, the Joe. 30-year-old. Joe. Yeah. You goddamn right. Okay. You ain't tell me he had a ginger beard and a man bun. Like, what you mean? <laughs> That's all you had to tell me. <laughs> That's all you had to let me know. Like, <sighs> I'm sitting up there for once. I'm really watching NXT, and then it goes off, and then I see this this ginger bearded person, and I'm like, who is this with these thick thighs? <laughs> How dare you not tell me? How was I supposed to know that Britain had it like that? Yeah, uh, he's getting ready to face Pete Dunne at their first oh. takeover event. That's going to be, I think, on the twelfth, which is uh, next Sunday. I saw. Um, also, one of them girls have, um, I think, her news got leaked. Oh what? Oh oh oh, Tony Storm. That's what yeah. that was. Oh. Yeah, her news got leaked, and I didn't see the news, and I, I never saw anybody say what happened but Paige was like if anybody understands I understand and then somebody else was like so when are we going to take some personal responsibility and stop taking news and it's like first of all <laughs> never <laughs> like, stop, just stop being an asshole and leaking other people's news like, right. <laughs> like right. listen if I want to show my titties I want to show my titties like I shouldn't have to be like ooh are you going to like be mad and just give it to the world that's how you do got to keep your head out the picture now <laughs> that's what you do Hey, your head and any identifying marks if you got tattoos that are obvious you gotta crop them out just saying you gotta do what you gotta do the exact date for the NXT UK takeover is gonna be Saturday January 12th not Sunday 
Excuse me. Oh, Saturday, Saturday. I work on Saturday. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Joe Coffey. But I watch it for Joe. Yeah, he's going up against Pete Dunne for the uh, UK title. Um, so Pete's a ginger too, but Pete's a child. <laughs> no, shows thirty. Mm-hmm. That works. All right. So uh, NXT UK has a new fan and Miss Didi Jone. Listen, I feel like I need to tell um, the Glowcast. I don't think they know. <laughs> I feel like somebody would have said something. <laughs> or you could be like how we do in our side of the creep cast. Just keep them all for yourself. Don't share it all. I'm a big fan of that. That's why I don't know if I really want to tell. <laughs> I have to see what that little brother looks like. Maybe I'll tell them about I <laughs> got you. And I keep Joe to myself. That's a that's a lot of man. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he can really wrestle yeah. though. He he's a really good wrestler too though. He's gonna he's give Pete Dunn a hell of a match. So yeah, I've I've seen them um tag team not really wrestle as a singles, mm-hmm. but yeah, I've mm-hmm. seen them in their tag team matches, so mm-hmm. good stuff. Yeah. It's just he wasn't first of all, British people know how to dress because they both came to the ring to do the signing or whatever. In like dress pants and like good coats, good winter coats. Like I just came from outside. I just got here. Hair slicked back on both of them. I was like, don't nobody in America come out looking like that. Like you gotta come out in your business clothes, but your thigh popping like you still be the bitch up if you need to. I lived. I was like, yes. Yeah, that that um the UK show is pretty cool. It's just that the only thing about it is they release like two episodes a week, so it's like oh, really, yeah, it's hard to keep up with it because it's not on a week. It's like they give you a double shot. Oh, that's interesting. Yep. So, um, Rhea Ripley is their women's champion. She defeated my fave Tony Storm to capture that. So, um, I think they're gonna have a rematch at this. Thing, but next week we'll go over that card uh we'll probably have a hashtag going for that for those who want to um you know watch that and comment on it so it'll be fun the british mm-hmm. style is always real fun i like watching their matches mm-hmm. so miss Didi jone at this point in time i'll open it up to you for your shout outs and thank yous oh shout out to courtney because she made me gumbo on new year's day and it was amazing and she said it was missing some. I don't know what. She had plenty crab, plenty sausage, plenty seasoning. It was amazing. Um, shout out to my coworker because she missed me and I missed my work life. Um, shout out to who? Shout out to my nephews because they were here for the whole week. Um, I don't know if you heard, but at one point last week, the little one actually did walk in on me while I was recording so I tried to slide it through so he wouldn't hear but I ended up watching you know old you know wrestling with them and like I said they told me that Ronda Rousey was their favorite women's wrestler so I'm like got work to do I'll work on that for the rest of this year um shout out to my brother his birthday was last Friday shout out to you Greg Sam the chairman, Mel again, because Mel always gets shout outs. Uh, Jade, because Netflix tried to get me and they signed me out. And then when I signed in, they sent her an email and was like, why are you in DC? 
like, listen, don't worry about why, why she was in D.C. Leave my shit alone. Um, so, yeah, shout out to her. Shout out to all the girl cast and all the good work they did last year. We're going to do it again this year. Yeah, that's it. All right. I like to thank Miss Didi Jonet. I like to thank Magnum Prime. I like to thank Sam. I like to thank everybody here on the CSPN, all the podcasters and all the podcasts putting in all the work and make the network so great each and every week. Please rate and review over on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you listen. Give us a five-star review. Leave some comments. Share, retweet, do all that good stuff. You know, promote the show. Let them know what we're doing over here. Um, promote the live tweets as well. A lot of people are, you know, getting more and more familiar with the live tweets because they are looking for somewhere to talk about wrestling with like-minded folks. And what better place to do that than with us here at the WrestleCast? And also, don't forget about the Patreon over on www.patreon.com forward slash CSPN Media. You can always support the podcast network over there and also gain access to exclusive content when you sign up to for a CSPN backstage pass. So for my SmackDown Matters correspondent, Miss Didi Jonet, and the Rawcast broadcast journalist, Magnum Prime, I'm Don DeLorente. This has been episode 218 of the WrestleCast. Please stay tuned for the parting promo. Why? 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 Why am I here? I don't yet have a reason. But the great thing about SmackDown Live is in 30 seconds, they're going to play somebody's music and some man's going to walk down here and try to tell me that I'm an old, broken down, part-time in Hollywood wannabe that should just get a haircut and leave WWE faster than Nikki Bella left me. So that cat's out of the bag. Why don't we hit somebody's music and give me a reason to be here tonight? Who's it gonna be? How does it feel that you were expecting a man to come out here? What you weren't expecting was the man. Now I hear you say that you're, you feel like you're back where you belong. Well... It's not that simple anymore. Because in 2018, I wasn't just aiming to overtake Charlotte on the posters and the billboards. I was aiming for you too, John. You see, you have been on every single WWE marquee for the last 16 years. You personify what this company is. Check that was... 
It's time for someone you to step up, step in, and fill your shoes. And there's only one person for that job. And I think these people would agree with me that that person is me. And if you have a problem with that, Nikki Bella won't be the only woman to drop you this year. I hate to interrupt this little testosterone-driven game of one-ups-man-ships you guys got going on between you two. Especially considering the fact that you both are former champions. Old news. A few weeks ago, the McMahon family promised a fresh start with new faces. The year just started, and all I see is an older face in John Cena. And, and in Becky Lynch, I see a broken face. really heal up, did it, huh? You're still looking a little rough. John, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Zelina Vega. Business manager to El Idolo, the future of SmackDown Live. Andrade Cien Almas. And 2019 will be the year of Tranquilo. Delina Vega, allow me to introduce myself. My name is John Cena. You may know me from being John Cena. Let me tell you how we do things around here. Young lady, you are hitting way out of your weight class. And Padre, I bet she could kick your teeth down your throat. So instead of yap, yap, yapping on the ramp, why don't you prove it? Why don't you prove it and walk right down here right now? Because Becky, you asked me how it feels to be in the ring with the man, I would like to find out. I got a challenge for you two, a tag team match right here, right now. You two versus the team of John Cena and the man, Becky Lynch. Oh, no step way. up or step aside. Let's go. 